This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. I'm Kevin Farrell. Here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for Claypoint Credit Counseling Solutions, and Ryder Taft of New Perspectives, sitting in for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson. It's time for us to help you with your personal finance questions. We'll tell you eight ways to improve your credit score heading into the new year. Plus, we'll give you some financial resolutions for 2017. To call the show this morning with your comments and those personal finance questions, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464 or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions. And uh, sitting in for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson this morning is Ryder Taft of New Perspectives. It's time for us to help you with your personal finance questions. We'll also talk about the eight ways to improve your credit score heading into 2017. Plus, we'll give you some financial resolutions for the new year. Call with your comments and your personal finance questions. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning to both of you. Hope you're doing well today. Good morning. Good morning. So got all Christmas shopping done? Uh, just about finished. Getting close. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I had all mine done, and then my mother sent me a check, and now I have to decide what to buy for myself, which is funny because a friend of mine is like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, think to myself, well, what do I want? I, I guess I lead such a boring life, I can't really think of anything. So, Oh, come on, well, Kevin. Actually, you can't think of anything. <laughs> Help me out here. The first come thing on. I thought of was uh, some shoes, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> no surprise. You at all, man. That's why you don't need anything else. That's, that's it. That's it. So, uh, But uh, I do have all, I, I do have all my, uh, my shopping done. The other thing is, being a single person at Christmas, I, I tend to cheat and buy things for myself and say they're from Santa. So I'm okay. waiting, waiting for a couple of packages to come in. We'll see how that goes. So, um, Ryder, any financial news in the news? Uh, well, last week, obviously, pretty exciting. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates once again. Um, the last time they did that was about a year ago, and the last time they did it before that was, you know, I don't know if I was even born then. <laughs> I, it was a long time ago, but people are pretty excited about that. And that, um, so, so the stocks were flat after having a, a huge, huge, huge rise after the election. So, Lots of things going on in finance. All right. Uh, we're looking for your personal finance questions this morning. Also, we're going to be talking about some uh, ways to improve your credit score for 2017 and some financial resolutions for the new year. Uh, but feel free to call in with your question. It's one mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 
672-7464. You can also email the show money at mpbonline.org. So um, let's first again remind everybody uh, that I don't know if people need reminding, but it's important to, you know, what is credit and, and why is it important to have a good credit score? Well, excuse me, credit, you know, credit is basically buying something now and paying for it later. Uh, usually there's an interest rate tied to it, uh, and you're using somebody else's money. And, um, uh, you know, in credit, it's been around for years. It's going to be around now. It's going to be around in the future. Uh, it just uh, most people don't have cash to pay for uh, large ticket items. And um, nowadays with since this time of the year, they're, you know, I'm just giving you an example. There are TVs out there, two to five thousand dollars, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Ryder? And you know, and some Dang people, cheap. yeah. And some people are, you know, they decide to finance those, so they got to figure out where do, I, where do I get the money. But um, uh, but again, factoring into the credit score, you know, uh, the historically kind of the higher the score you've got, usually you can borrow money at a lower interest rate, so it's a savings to you, and um, and that's just it's just the just the way it works. And I, I mean, there is a formula they use, but I think the bottom line is the it's the determining. I really guess how likely you are to repay the money that you're being forwarded uh, to, to buy the things. Yeah, you the higher the score, that means there's less. You've had less challenges. You've kind of they say you've taken care of business, and and then sometimes in life, kind of you know, in in our world, you know, things happen. Kind of you can say bad things happen to good people, and. Uh, and that affects their score. Do they make poor decisions? Um, not all have made poor decisions. Just some things in life events have happened, and they just kind of had to put the pieces back together and move forward. But um, uh, again, then some people have made poor decisions, um, and uh, their ability to borrow money is uh, they might cannot borrow money, or they might can borrow money. But again, it's going to be a you know might be four or five times uh, the interest rate of a very high credit score person. Right. And then again, when you're financing something, say a car or something like that, um, you know, that really can add up to make a big difference. I remember a story I've told is that when I was buying my car a couple of years ago, the I, there was one color in, in stock and then there was another. Actually, there were two cars exactly the same except for the color. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, the one that I sort of wanted was a little bit more expensive. And the salesman was like... Well, I want you to get you know whatever you want. I, I think you should get the green one. And a friend of mine who was with me at the time pulled me to the side and said, you know, and he said, you know, you realize that that ten fifteen dollar difference over the course of the loan is going to be like seven hundred dollars. And he's like, is the color really worth seven hundred dollars? I was like, no, nah, I kind of like that brown one now that you mentioned it. So uh, some things to keep in mind. Again, the other thing about <clears throat> credit scores is, I guess. You really have three different ones based on uh, the three of the main uh, credit reporting bureaus. Yeah, I mean, like TransUnion. Um, my mind just went blank here. Tra- uh, Equifax, Experian, and Equifax. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, you um, uh, yeah, there are three, there are three uh, agencies out there that people funnel information into and uh, through yes, formula. It, most, you know, I can just tell you, all three of them are not going to be the same. Uh, historical, yeah. what I've seen and. Uh, some people report to one or two, and so and then they don't report to another one. So it's, you know, again, I was uh, I was talking to somebody on the phone the other day, and I asked him if you got a copy of credit report uh, through annual credit report uh, in the last year or two, and he said no, I hadn't done it in four or five years. I said, look, just do that, make it a goal, maybe not tomorrow, but make it so you can sit down and look at it, kind of going into 2017, and um, uh, so you kind of know where you stand. And um, uh, again, these are the agencies that information's funneled into, and and, and you as consumer really. Check out your credit reports. Make sure it's in, in order. Uh, all accurate, you know, all information is updated. 
You know, if there's negative, accurate information when I'm, you know, it's I wrong, I own it. Uh, that's fine. If there's information on there that's inaccurate, you need to get it corrected. And I guess uh, again, there each of the bureaus has uh, their proprietary method for creating the score, but the score should be fairly close. I mean, if you if you're if one score is is higher or lower, out of whack, you probably would certainly need to investigate further. Yeah, if there's a swing of you know eighty to a hundred points, that might be. If you look at especially if kind of all the same things have been reported, and you might go, oh, something's just not adding up, but. There might be one's 14 points higher than the other one. Then there's eight points here or 17 points there. And a lot of times it's due to maybe one or two things is not on, on this particular uh, agency's uh, report. So, Ryder, you're a bit younger than Chris and I are, an understatement for sure. But uh, what about sort of a feel for folks in, in your age bracket? Are uh, Is the idea of credit, I mean, is the importance of maintaining good credit and, and that sort of thing kind of a prevalent idea? Well, I think there's a, a couple of things. A lot of younger people obviously worry about their student loans, uh, which is for for people whose parents didn't you know, help them out with a credit card when they were younger, that might be the first credit they have. Um, and so because that's the first credit they have, they they don't have a huge credit history. Um, I remember when I was first applying for a credit card, I didn't have a credit history at all. So I got rejected for a couple of cards just because they had no clue. There was there was no record of how good I was at paying things back, even though I was like, I was a real trustworthy guy. Uh, <laughs> I felt I was good. Like I called them up and I was like, hey, I'll definitely pay you back for this. But uh, they they weren't having that. They wanted the number and they wanted a good number. Um so it, it can be hard as a young person getting credit that first time. Um, although, you know, again, people who get student loans, student loans are very easy to get. They're very easy to get in trouble with, too. Um, but that might be your first experience with credit. And so if that's your first experience with credit, it's really important to make sure you make those monthly payments, set up those automatic payments. And it can help your credit out a lot. It can look real good. We've got a caller on the line, so let's invo- uh, invite Linda from Ocean Springs into our conversation. Good morning, Linda. Hey, good morning. What's your question for us? My question is, um, it, my entire pretty much uh, last 20 years or so, or 25 years, I've had a credit score rating of over 800, like 817, 811, that kind of thing from the different uh, places. But uh, now I've noticed my, my credit score for the first time has dipped like to 790. And I'm like, why would my credit score go down? I am retired. But, uh, um, you know, I just, my credit score hasn't gone down from any missed payments or anything like that. I did call and ask them about it, and they said uh, something about I needed to maybe make another uh, purchase on time or something because I I tend, I pay all my, uh, my credit cards off immediately so i don't get any interest but anyway why would you put a score go down um it could, you know it could be a number of things but chances are like you said you borrow money um and you just pay it off immediately especially with the credit cards you don't probably sounds like you don't have as much activity uh going on as you did maybe a few years ago uh when you were working just to have mortgage yeah yeah and and, and that makes sense uh, and i and i'll say this let's just pretend example you you know, if it was a year from now, you paid off house mortgage, you go another seven or eight years and you never borrow money over that seven or eight years, it could be everything rolls off and you go, well, I have nothing there. There's no yeah. history. And 
then you go to so well, I want to go buy a car, and they say, well, I can't, you know, can't buy a car. So it it might be, you know, again, just uh, continue to do what you're doing. It might, you know, it, it might drop down a little bit more, but I, I don't see it continue to go down 15 and 20 points every three months and six months, and next thing you know, you're down in the 600s. That just that that just yeah, I don't I don't think that happens. For no reason. That's, I can. You know, I thought your your credit score went down if you if you you know defaulted on payments or something. Yeah, and that's one thing. Yeah, now if you default on a payment like over thirty days late, yeah, it will go down. It could go down fifty points uh, within one month. So, well, one thing going from eight ten to seven ninety eight, your credit score could do that if you if you sneeze. <laughs> um, it could do that just because it's Tuesday. Um, that's not a move to be concerned about, but a couple of reasons, a couple of things that might be happening in your retirement, uh, that can have an impact. Uh, one, I mean, like Chris said, if you just haven't used your credit enough, maybe, maybe there's a card, you just haven't even used it for two years. Uh, maybe you've closed an account. Maybe there's been a soft inquiry, which has involved some sort of checking on your income and, you know, the credit card company said, okay, she's in retirement. She's making less reliable income. We're going to maybe lower her credit, uh, her credit limit a little bit. And so those are all sort of things that can happen, which are totally non-events, but could move it a few points, which again, moving a few points is, uh, that's, it happens yeah, I mean, literally all the time. If you're in the 790s to 800s, you should... Uh, whether bank or whatever you think, I, I, I want to go finance, and I make, I'm gonna make a big assumption here. You're probably not going to borrow have, money. You still have amazing credit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> let's and, not and, forget. Um, so. All right, uh, Linda, thanks for the call. Yeah, the 790 is a great credit score, so uh, be uh, good for your success. Uh, kudos to you for for doing that. And also, I would just, as we said, possibly even less income in retirement might be enough to kind of uh, you know uh, lower it a couple of points. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we've got Debbie on the Gulf Coast ready to ask her question. We've got an email coming in, and we've got some open phone lines for your question. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. We'll be back with more after this. And everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap- happiest season of all. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for Clearpoint Credit Counseling Solutions. And from New Perspectives, sitting in for Nancy Lotter-Jandres today, it's a Ryder Taft. Uh, so we are uh, talking today. Uh, it's an open topic day. We're looking for your personal finance questions. We're also discussing a little bit of ways to improve your credit score for 2017. Uh, Debbie is on the Gulf Coast and held through the break for us. Good morning, Debbie. What do you have for us? Yes, I am uh, a 59-year-old female that is on disability, and I have excellent credit. But I need to find out how I use a credit card to pay, like, my insurance or anything that 
I absolutely have to have, but I'm trying to get out of debt uh, so that I can live better each month and and just get the things I need and actually have better meals and that kind of thing. And I'm wondering how I can do that. Um, Debbie, you, asked me, you said you're on disability income. Um, uh, is is your income enough? If, if you could put up the credit card for a couple of months, and I'm not saying miss a payment, but don't use it, could you make it through the month on just your income only to cover oh, all your bills? Absolutely, be? absolutely. But the and I do put it up for months at a time. But every six months, I have to use it to like buy my insurance, okay. car insurance. I'm just using it only for things that I absolutely have to have, you know. And so when I buy my car insurance, then it takes me between the interest rate that I have to pay and and it, it just takes that six months and then I have to start all over again. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically, your basically your income coming in on a monthly basis and your right. basic living expenses is pretty tight. Just off that, right? Is that correct? It's, it's very tight. Yeah. I mean, and, and I feel confident. You know, off the top of my head, just kind of hearing you that you're probably watching your, your dollars. You know, uh, your expenses pretty closely. Um, and I'm just being upfront with you. You know, it might be that you try to somehow, if you can. Look at it really close, and if you could set aside a little bit of money each month. Now, again, I know you're running it really tight, but when that cycle comes back up on that insurance, maybe you've got enough money saved up to where you can pay cash or pay for your insurance and get away from the card. Uh, I think, you know, set a goal, that you know, run a budget first, really look at it, um, and if there's money left over out of your budget, what you're looking at on a monthly basis, Try to challenge yourself, if uh, you know, to set aside a little bit each month. Hopefully, as I say, a hiccup doesn't happen. Something come up and go, uh oh, I gotta, you know, pay for this or pay for that. And then maybe when that time comes up, you can instead of going to that car, you can cycle out and pay for that uh, in cash. Now, working through other line items, I know you said something about eating better. Uh, might might be somewhere. I I don't know if it's available through you know local nonprofit or. Uh, maybe I'm just being upfront with you. Maybe a local um, medical facility to talk to a dietitian. Just get some ideas. The the key is getting creative. And um, maybe there's something in there that you say, well, I still allocate X amount of money for groceries, but within that money, I still can get pretty creative and try to and eat a little bit better. So seek out some resources there that might can give you some ideas on how to maybe you know put put together a little bit more you know creative or I let's say I'm going by healthier meals. By what I understand from you, also right. uh, an right. alternative to putting the say the car insurance on the credit card, uh, uh, often car insurance companies will allow you to make that p payment monthly. And while it is going to end up to be end up being more expensive than paying that lump sum every six months, it will probably work out to be a lot cheaper than financing that on a credit card. Uh, so you might want to look into that or, or look into, you know, another company which does do that. So a lot of a lot of places with with lump sum bills like that will offer some sort of payment plan, which will often be cheaper than a high interest rate credit card. But that, of course, depends on what your credit card rate is exactly and, and, and how you're paying it off right now. 
All right, uh, Debbie, thanks for your call. I would echo that, uh, that not only the uh, the insurance, but I know that I've gotten on a levelized billing both for my electric bill and my gas bill, which is a real uh, thing because it's, you know, it varies. You probably are paying uh, more in the winter for your electric bill than you are using and vice versa in the summer, but that levels it out. And so you know that you can expect about the same amount each month, and that has really helped me uh, with my budget. So that's another thought. But, yes, yeah, certainly... Uh, something on a monthly thing as opposed to having that big chunk of insurance money come up every six months would be helpful. Yeah, and, you know, going back kind of years of working with people that, you know, when you're looking at a fixed income on a monthly basis, it, you know, just be honest, it's challenging to yeah. to pull the expenses up under that income. But trying to really break the items out, line items out, um, and, and really try to focus on pinning it down and say, okay, I, can, I know I can make it off this line item, groceries or Utilities, like you said, level billing to where I can manage the cash flow a little bit, maybe a little bit better. Uh, but it, you know, it's, it's it's trying to force everything down up under that income. We've got another caller on the line, so we say good morning to Wilma in Memphis. Go ahead, you're on the air. Good morning. I wanted to see if there's a simple formula to use to determine how much you have to re- withdraw from your uh, IRA. There sort of is. Um, it's basically dividing the balance by the number of years you have remaining to live. But of course you have to know that number and that is on the actuarial life table. It's most custodians of IRAs will calculate this for you. Um, often I, I know, I know where I work that gets sent out in the fall every year, but they can calculate that on day one because they well, know. I recently, and in the fall, switched from E-Trade to Scott Trade, mm-hmm. and I've always gotten a notice in the mail or whatever mm-hmm. telling me how much, and so far I have not this year from Scott Trade. Well, what you, what you can do, you can either contact Scott Trade and see if they'll dig that up for you because they prob- they still have the records. They're, they are not necessarily sending it to you since you're not a client anymore. But another thing you can do if you have your exact year in balance for you know what it was on December 31st, 2015, okay. then what I would search for is the FINRA RMD calculator, um, FINRA.org. Uh, FINRA is the... Uh, financial industry regulator, uh, and they have a they have a very useful calculator. You plug in your age, you plug in that amount, and it'll tell you exactly how much you need to take out. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, thank you. You answered my question. Great, no thanks, problem. Thanks for the call. So that f i n r a dot org. Correct. Okay, very good. Uh, we're going to be talking about some ways to raise your credit report, and we've actually mentioned uh, your credit score. That is, and one. The first one on the list we've talked about, and that is to check your credit report. Uh, You can get one free for each year from annualcreditreport.com. But in Mississippi, special uh, news here. This comes from October. I didn't even realize this when it was in the news. But uh, the nation's three largest credit bureaus will be paying more than $7.1 million to the state of Mississippi to settle charges they failed to verify information about consumer debts that appeared on consumers' credit reports and allowed erroneous information to remain on credit reports, damaging the credit prospects of numerous consumers. Uh, The settlement was announced by the Attorney General's office, and so... Uh, Starting in November, which was last month, so it's now going on, Mississippi residents residents will be able to receive unlimited free credit reports for three years and one free FICO credit score every year for three years. 
So that's really great news, um, and it, uh, it it makes it the, the excuses, I guess, for for not wanting to check your uh, report certainly out the window. of unlimited free reports for three years, and also a check of your credit score once a year for three years. That's that's really will help uh, folks, I think, uh, kind of get get a hold of of their credit situation. Yeah, and it sounds like it's a good incentive for a consumer to say, okay, you know, there there could be inaccurate information out there. You know, taking take ownership of your credit report. Um, you've got kind of two to three years to monitor it and make sure everything's in order and in case something does come up uh you know two years from now you still got enough time there it doesn't cost you anything and uh again we're back to if i want to go to borrow money how can i borrow money uh at the lowest rate because yeah. it's a savings to me you, you have with that you have kind of no excuse to mm-hmm. to not be aware and to not have checked your credit scores mm-hmm. so and if you've never gotten a credit report uh, when you first get it, it it's you know it can be very lengthy so it's uh, it appears to be a bit daunting but i know from having experience who've done it a couple of times i think if you kind of wade into it uh it you you'll begin to understand how it works and to me it was really kind of fascinating and i think the other good thing is a lot of them now have instructions. It's mm-hmm. not just a blank report that you've got to try to figure out on your own. Uh, it's presented in a way, and also they have uh, some instructions, things to do if you find something that you think is incorrect in there and that sort of thing. And that is another important point is if you see something on that report that you don't know about, you think is inaccurate or whatever, don't just shrug and go on, but Fix contact <laughs> both uh, the credit reporting bureau and also possibly even the the vendor or the, the creditor who's on there you know, saying that you owe that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you um, see something, say something. <laughs> Very good. That's we can what they say. we can steal that uh, slogan. Uh, let's uh, take another quick break. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're talking a bit about ways to raise your credit score in 2017. Also, taking your personal finance questions. The phone number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or send an email. It's money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this. To go. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping. And I brought me some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate going out in the storm. But if you really Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford. And in for Nancy Lottridge-Anderson this morning, it's Ryder Taft. We are talking today about uh, ways to improve your credit score for 2017, but also taking your personal finance questions. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 or send us an email, money at mpbonline.org. <clears throat> So the first thing that we mentioned on our list of uh, ways to get a good credit score for the new year is to check your credit report. Uh, Annual credit report, you can get one for free each year from each of the reporting bureaus. But we also mentioned that here in Mississippi, due to a settlement by the Attorney General's office, uh, you have unlimited credit reports for three years and also one free uh, uh, credit score uh, for for the next three years. So that's great. Number two on our list is something that we have also brought up, and it says that payment history accounts for 35% of a FICO credit score. Uh, that's according to myfico.com. So obviously, yep. 
do whatever you can to avoid making late payments. Yeah, and again, it's that, it's that 30-day cycle with the report off of. And um, uh, 35%, you know, again, you got to understand, when somebody, you go to borrow money, somebody looks at the credit report, they're going, what's your history? And that's yeah. what what have you done? Will you pay me back regularly yeah. when I ask? Yeah, and and, and then if 35% is, is, the, is, the, is a big chunk of the, and they're looking at that history. So it's something got to... Um, do everything you can to try to stay off that 30-day cycle. And so I think uh, um, Ryder mentioned uh, earlier the idea of uh, automatic payments each month. You know, that always helps uh, to make sure. But, you know, because I can see where sometimes someone might, you know, just slip through if you you miss the bill or something like that. Uh, so uh, do do the things as best you can to make sure uh, that those get paid on time. And as I say, to me, an auto- automatic bank draft or whatever uh, is, is really uh, one of the easiest ways to make sure that you don't ever miss anything. And it's important, even if you're not, uh, you know, say you go along every month and you're used to paying it off in full, and maybe one month your expenses are a lot higher or maybe, you know, your income is a lot lower and you're not able to pay it off in full, still make some sort of payment because making the minimum payment is a whole lot better than not making any payment at all. And with all of these, you can just kind of think about it is if I loan somebody money, what would make me confident about that, about that loan? Like if someone came to you and said, hey, I can't give you the $100 you asked for, but but I got 50 of it and I'm going to get the next 50 you know, next month, you, that would be a whole lot better than them just not showing up. I, I think, yeah, exactly. I mean, at least one shows that you're still sort of involved in the thing exactly. and, and interested in trying to maintain it. And the other one, you're right. On looking at it from you know the lender's point of view, you just don't hear anything from them. You're like, well, you know, what happened? And so mm-hmm. uh, that certainly is a good thing. So number two, an important one uh, to make sure you don't get those uh, late fees. Uh, looks like we have another caller on the line. So we're going to go to Mobile this time and say good morning to Peter. Hello, Peter. Uh, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, my question is based upon uh, most of my IRA is in uh, high-yield bond funds. And uh, I, I'm seeing now the government uh, interest rates are going up. Prices are going down on those bonds. And I'm wondering historically which way might uh, high-yield bond funds go uh, particularly if the stock market would go in either direction, continue to go up or go down. Okay, so typically when you see interest rates go up, bond prices go down because the yield compensates uh, in some way. Um, with high yield bonds are generally less sensitive to interest rate moves because the largest component, the the thing that has the biggest effect on them is the credit quality of the companies underlying them. I don't know how your high yield bond funds are structured. I don't know if they're short term or long term or defined maturity or or what, but the interest rate is going to matter less for truly high yield, uh, high yield bonds. But what is going to matter is the economy. They typically trade a little bit more hand in hand with the stock market. Uh, if there is, you know, smaller moves in the stock market aren't going to be reflected in high yield bonds because, you know, just being up 1% doesn't really matter to a fixed income return. But if stocks are down a lot, you will probably see high yield bonds go down. They will have a bit more of a floor in some sense than stocks. And if you see stocks go up, 
they will go up, but only to a certain extent because they're not going to, they, they do have a val a full value that they are worth at the end of the day, which is, you know, the par value. And so they're not going to exceed that by a whole lot, no matter how well stocks do. All right, Peter, we appreciate that call. Let's uh, go next to Ron in Jackson. Good morning, Ron. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, quick finance question. I have uh, been buying equities through a brokerage account, and just want a little information about some indicators on those equities, such as uh, beta factor, PE, and EPS. Um, how should I interpret those? Okay, so... Earnings per share, yeah, the EPS, I believe that's what you're referring to. That's one of the right. more, if you're buying individual stocks, that's going to be one of the more important things. Um, you know, companies, you buy companies because you expect them to make money. Their earnings are the money they're making. And the EPS is just showing how much per share they're making. So say you buy a $10 stock and it says, you know, they earned 15 uh, 50 cents per share last year, then that's, you know, they're trading at 20 times earnings. So I think one of the other indicators you said was PE. So price to earnings. So that would be $10 of price to 50 cents of earnings. That would be a ratio of 20. Uh, 20 is kind of right now kind of normal. I think people historically say the stock market trades at about 16, but really that depends on interest rates. Interest rates are still very low right now. So you'd expect a higher PE. It's kind of the inverse of an interest rate um, in an academic sense, really okay, only. And what about a beta factor? And that's the last one. I'll, I'll hang up and uh, listen to you on that. So beta is really just how much does historically how much has that stock moved with the stock market? So if it's a if it's a high beta. Say it's a beta of two, that would imply that if the stock market went up one percent, you would expect it to go up two percent. It's not. I don't find that a very useful indicator for much of anything because it's it's people can measure it based on anything. They can say, "Oh, I'll take the beta over thirty days," or "I'll take the beta over five years," and those can be totally different. If a stock has just done really well in relation to the market over the past over whatever that measurement period is, it's going to have a high beta. Um, what you Sometimes you look if you find a stock that typically trades with the market, then you would expect it to go. You know, have a beta of one. If the stock market goes up one percent, you'd expect it to go up one percent. It's not super useful if you've studied the underlying company and you like the company. The beta of the stock is it's uh, it's not very meaningful. All right, Ron, thanks for that call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're looking for your personal finance questions this morning. We've got some open phone lines. The number's 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can also email the show. Send, us, uh, send it to money at mpbonline.org. We're also working our way through the eight ways to raise your credit score in the new year. We've talked about checking your credit report and avoiding making late payments. Number three on the list of suggestions is to pay off big credit card balances. Um, debt usage accounts for about one-third of a credit score. Uh, so if you can work to uh, you know reduce these large balances, you might see uh, credit scores jump by maybe even 10 to 50 points uh, if you work on that. So uh, many thoughts on – I mean, I guess that's um, – Oh, yeah. It's a that's... good idea to – and what I, what I like about that one is it's also 
people are always like, oh, I need to raise my credit score really quickly. And I'm like, why do you need to raise it quickly? Like what, what's going on in your life that you need credit so soon? Uh, but the, that is probably the quickest thing that shows up on your credit score because the credit utilization is something that they, they check fresh every month. Um, and so if you, if say that you, they've extended you a credit line of a thousand dollars and you've borrowed $500, you're utilizing 50% of your credit. That's fairly high. I correct. I mean, you can correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but no, wrong. the numbers they want to see are below 20% or below 10%. So if you can, so again, say you owe $500 on a thousand dollar line and if you want to make that look a whole lot better pay down $400 of that, and then all of a sudden you're only using 10%, which is below one of those thresholds they like to see. And another kind of sneaky way to do it, you can, of course, if you're thinking about the fraction here, you can raise your credit utilization ratio, uh, credit credit limit, and that will also lower your credit utilization ratio. I always hesitate to recommend that to people because if you can't handle having a higher credit limit, if you're just going to spend that money, that's a bad thing. But if you're already using your credit very well and you know you only spend, say, $500 a month, if you double that credit limit and still only spend $500 a month, you've divided your credit utilization ratio by half. So either paying down that credit card balance or raising that credit limit is a fairly quick way um, to to have a big impact on your credit score. Uh, one of the other ones on the list is a, a little bit of a, a corollary to that, I think. And this is one that I think I've heard go both ways. But the suggestion here is don't close accounts after they've been paid off. Uh, the idea is, again, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you've got this total um, amount of credit available to you, uh, if you have a something with a zero balance, that credit limit of I don't know ten thousand dollars is still on there. So right. again, it's it's lowering that that uh, that ratio. Yeah, and it's still an active account. You know, we've right. had that question before that you know somebody said, "Well, I've got five or six credit cards. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't need but one. Should I close out the other five now?" And we say, "Well, yeah. You know, I like to say, what's your goal out of it? Will you use it over the next two or three years? And if you say convincingly, no, I won't be using it. Stagger." Closing them out, maybe, but I'd still keep a couple, you know, just yeah. keep a couple open and active because that's current volume. You know, like yeah. I said, you know, Rhino's saying, hey, yeah, you know, if I owe a thousand, I don't want to put 800 on there and, you yeah. know, keep that thing down, uh, balance, uh, at that 20 or 30% level. Uh, and, I, and they kind of tag it this way. If you're over 50%, you're kind of over obligated in, in right. a way. And even though it doesn't say that, but I think that's kind of what I've heard out there. They tag it and, and it does affect the score. So. And just another way to think about it, again, say you're lending someone money. If you can turn around and say, talk to five other people who are currently lending them money and they're all like, yeah, he's good for it, then you're going to be pretty confident in that. But if you close four or five accounts and then they can only find one other person, then they might be like, well, you know, maybe, but maybe not. Very good. I like the way we're kind of looking at it uh, from the loaner's point of view, too, because I think that helps us understand some of these things. That's like if you and I went to lunch five times in a row, and you bought my lunch five times in a row, you're going to get tired of loaning me lunch. <laughs> and you're going to tell me, Chris, I don't want no, I don't want to go to lunch with you anymore. That's you know? right. So you got to pay for lunch every That's week. right. That means you've got to find someone else to buy you lunch. That's right. <laughs> Hey, let's take one last break this hour. We are on Money Talks this morning, taking your uh, personal finance questions and also talking about some ways to uh, improve your credit situation for the new year. If you'd like to join the conversation, the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 
7464. Back with more after this. That old silk hat they found Oh, when they placed it on his head He began to dance around The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. As you watch a presidential transition, NPR News will be here with the facts to help you make sense of new appointments, new policies, and all the day's news. Listen every day. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford and Ryder Taft of New Perspectives. We are talking today uh, about your personal finance questions. It's been an open topic day. We've been getting some good questions, but we've also been talking about ways to improve your credit uh, situation for 2017. Uh, we have got a caller on the line, so let's go to Natchez. Kathy has called in today. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. How are y'all? Good. What do you have for us? Well, um, I, I didn't catch your whole uh uh, show this morning, but uh, the thing about when you have a hard inquiry, soft inquiry, a hard inquiry last on your report for for two years, um, and asking you about when is it bad, how many is bad. But my main question is, um, I was told by somebody last year that okay, just say you're going to buy a house or you're going to buy a car. If you go to those loan agencies, the banks or whatever, all within ten days. Uh, trying to figure out which one you're going to use, that it only counts against you once as a hard inquiry if you go within 10 days to those several agencies. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I know on an automobile, I think there's like a 14-day window. I think that's correct, 14 days. It, if you go in and, and, and dealership and a dealership, they try to shop you to six or seven lenders. Uh, after all, after that 14 days kind of rolls through, you know, it just comes up to like one inquiry as a hard inquiry and, um, instead of being six or seven hard inquiries. So that's a change. Now, in the mortgage world, I'm going to be honest with you, I think there's something in place. I just don't know what window uh, of time it is there. Uh, but still, I, what I try to tell people, if you're going to go borrow money, do a little homework on the front end. Make some phone calls, ask around. Um and, and see what uh, whether it's the bank or a credit union or or and I'm talking kind of really around a car more than anything. Uh, and you can do it around a house too, and just uh, and then when you go in, you 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 may be a little bit more prepared, especially if you know your score, and you feel like that I can be I can get a very competitive rate, and I can kind of talk the you know talk the talk in a way. Uh, I think you, you I do think historically you do come out a little bit better. All right, Kathy, thanks. Oh. Go ahead. Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate that answer. All right. Good to hear from you. Thanks for the call. Uh, and just a reminder, a hard inquiry is something that you are actively seeking out credit of some sort. A soft inquiry is one of those where, say, a credit co- some company that wants to give you a credit card is, is making inquiries to see if they think that you're worthy enough. And when you get those credit card offers in the mail, 
Uh, those are the results of the soft. Yeah, historically, soft might be could be a, a, a marketing check in a way, or either it could be you're doing you've got existing business in place, and, mm-hmm. and they in their contract they do an annual check on you, uh, and it doesn't affect the score. But yeah, the hard inquiry is I'm going and I'm actively seeking to borrow money. Okay, uh, we've got another caller on the line. We're off to Belzona. Karen has called in today. Good morning, Karen. Go ahead, please. I would like to know which credit cards are the best to pay off. I have a zero balance on the store credit cards or the major credit cards. Um, kind of, and I'm thinking kind of more in the credit the credit score world. I mean, both of them are looked at as cards, uh, mm-hmm. and they've got credit limits and interest mm-hmm. rates. Uh, I, I, I will, I'm going to kind of pull you over into this box, like I say, and say maybe – if you want a uh, store card, which is the best store card and which might be the best non-store credit card to keep, and then maybe over a period of time work toward there. Um, and um, I, But I, both of them are going to really look on the bureaus. They're going to show up as credit limits, active, and mm-hmm. you just make sure you pay them on time. From, from a budgeting standpoint, you're, if, you, if you have all different interest rates on there, which, I mean, interest rates can be wildly different. You might have one with 12, and you might have one with 36% interest. Often, I find store credit cards have higher interest rates, but mm-hmm. check to see what the interest rates are. And if you're carrying a balance, mm-hmm. you're going to make the biggest impact by paying the one with the higher interest rate. Okay, that's what I was told. I was trying to make mm-hmm. sure that that was correct. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, okay thank you so much. Thanks, mm-hmm. Karen, for your call. Uh, let's go finally this hour to Corinth. James is on the line. Good morning, James. Good morning. I have a quick question about a mortgage. Okay. Um, I'm buying a home, owner finance, uh, making all the payments and everything, but it's not helping my credit at all. And I'm trying to figure out how I can get it on a mortgage or, uh, you know, a bank note or something that will impact my credit as I'm paying this off. Uh, an uh, owner is not going. An owner is not going to report to the credit a- if agency. If you borrow fifty bucks from me, I'm not going to call Fiker. I'm not going to call Experian about that. Uh, that's just that's just the way it is. I'm not. E- I'm not even set up to do that. But uh, Chris might have some more ideas. I'm trying to get it on some type of mortgage somewhere, or you know, or something. Yeah, uh, honestly, to do it, what you're going to have to do is refinance it out and mm-hmm. pay off the the owner financing person. Or entity or whatever that is, and and then go to a bank or credit union or somewhere that will report it to the bureau. That's what you're going to yeah. have to do. And then in, on the other hand, honestly, you know, is it you got to sit down and reevaluate? You know, is it in your best interest to do that? Still, you got to look at the numbers. Yeah. Um, 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 and and if if you're doing owner financing because you had a hard time getting credit before, and you you can fi- find a banker who you can work with. I've been really lucky to work with mortgage officers who, you know, would really go to bat for me if they needed to, uh, and they have. And and so, you know, if you if you go to a mortgage officer and explain that you've been owner financing and you've been paying regularly and you can get, you know, the owner who you've been paying to kind of vouch for you a little bit, they may be able to find something that works for you, especially if you've already paid down and you already have some equity in the house, then it shouldn't be that hard because mortgages uh, depend more. The rate you get on the mortgage depends more on just what prevailing interest rates are than necessarily what you're doing because they know there's a house behind it, even if you're not 
necessarily as good a credit as somebody else. Well, I used to have a uh, excellent credit score up in the high 700. Mm. Uh, I went through a divorce mm. and it pretty well destroyed me. Um, mm. And now I'm in the process of rebuilding that credit. Um, I think I'm in the high 500, low 600 right mm. Yeah, and I would say just and whatever's open and active on your file now, and I'm just I'm saying if you got a credit card and a little small loan or or you know in a car loan, just keep paying, keep working, and and it might take a year, another year, year and a half to gradually build it up. Um, and and but again, you're doing all the right things to build it back up. So, okay, great. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, and y'all have a great day. Sure, thank, thank you, James, for the call. Mm-hmm. And I would also say too, maybe to borrow the the money for the mortgage from a bank and then uh, make the monthly payments um, uh, or, you know, so that way you're paying back the bank as opposed to the owner and you could uh, maybe get a little bit of a credit history that way. Uh, we have got about a minute or so left. want to just review our list just to give you uh, some closure on our topic for today. We were talking about eight ways to raise your credit score for 2017. So we talked about checking your credit report on a, a regular basis. Uh, we have talked about avoided, avoiding making late payments, trying to pay off the big credit card balances, but you can't if you can't do that, maybe eliminate the small balances, get those out of the way. Here's a one that I thought was interesting. It says pay credit card bills early in the month. That's an interesting one, so try to get that out of the way if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about not closing accounts after they're paid off, possibly using a personal loan to consolidate high interest debt, and number eight is get tax liens off of your credit report. So uh, those are the ways uh, that uh, you can do that. And it's, as we said at the beginning of the show, uh, it's important to have a good credit score because it seems like more and more uh, it's becoming, um, you know, a vehicle that a lot of different people will use. Any Almost anything involved, you know, with finance, borrowing money, that kind of thing, that's a very important thing to do. So uh, with that, we're going to close it out and uh, hope that everyone has uh, a good holiday, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, we'll be back with uh, new shows at the beginning of the year. Uh, and so that will wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, one way you can find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash talks. Our show is produced and call screened today by Sam Wells. So for Ryder Taft and Chris Burford, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned up next at 10. It's in legal terms, followed by relatively speaking at 11. This is MPB Think Radio.